Welcome to Craft Advice, a podcast to help investors tackle the more complex area of their personal and business finances. Join Jack and Sean as we discuss everything from investing to retirement and everything in between. So real quick on that, yep. it sounds much more terrible playing back to you than in the actual intro. It's like normal speed, normal music and everything like uh, that. So sound weird. Well, it just sounds a little weird on my side. It's like a little choppy and stuff, but it's just smooth transitions in as we're sitting as Brady Bunch boxes in there. Probably that. So. Anyways, welcome back everyone to Craft Advice. Uh, we have a special guest. We have uh, Michael Saylor here with us. Rick Flair had a baby with Michael Saylor. And here we are, baby. Here yeah. Are. Sean just got back from bench pressing my down in Miami boxes of ledger wallets. <laughs> yep. 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 You know, you got to stay a uh, muscle beach, baby. You got to stay fit. You got to stay fit these days. You never know what's going on. This is a, I know, an, ever, an ever changing world. Very quickly. In a recession. Uh, you need what? Uh, push-ups, pull-ups, and uh, ammo? That's, That's maybe it. some protein powder? It's, it's lead and silver, baby. Lead and silver. I like it. I like it. Anyways, well, welcome back, everyone. This week, we're going we're gonna to actually dive kind of back into where we left off last week. Kind of interestingly enough, we ended last episode talking about Nancy Pelosi buying stocks and then writing some rules and things have changed. But anyway, Sean... Always got to start always with a brewski. Yep. What What are you drinking? Well, I have this lovely uh, this lovely uh, IPA from uh, a local craft brewery here in uh, in Jacksonville, Southern Swells. You may have heard of them. Um, are you on the payroll yet? Not yet, but I'm getting close. I got a nice little uh, Doge Doge membership. <laughs> Citra Marillo. Uh, yeah, so they mix citra, citra and amarillo uh, hops in here. There you go. ABV, very nice. Six point nine, sixty nine. Giggity. Uh-huh. Move it on. So I got, I got lucky. There's, uh, there's an Earth Fair by my house that's closing, and they did like forty percent off everything. Ooh. So of course, I just go right to the wine and beer aisle. Yeah. So spent like three hundred dollars on wine, and mm-hmm. all they had was the only beer they had was Free Dive IPA from Coppertail as singles. But they yeah. were like two dollars, and that was forty percent off. So I'm like, all right, I'll just fill up the cart with these. So make it rain, dive baby. IPA out of Tampa. Oh boy, nice. Brewing. So, anyways, Sean, cheers. Cheers. Do you remember the uh, the one grocery store was around here for a bit? It had a really interesting run. It was in Atlantic Beach. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. It's uh, it's leaving me. But anyways, it was like they tried to basically mimic a Whole Foods, but it was like a smaller version. It was kind of like Earth Fair, but Whole Foods was like a different was it fresh version. market. No, they served beer. They had like, huh? Yeah, they served beer and wine, so you could just get. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. It was a sweet spot. It was like right as right behind the uh, or right past the surf shop. That's yep. I, okay. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea what the name is, but I do yep. know what you're talking about. I can't remember. They had an incredible bacon. They had like awesome beer. I can't remember what happened, but it like it didn't take off. And it was like right before COVID, they shut down. It was like literally yeah. February of 2020, they shut down. March, COVID hits. April, everybody's locked down. Everybody's going to the grocery store, spending all this money. They were like, this guy timed it so poorly in terms of yeah. shutting, like, like calling it quits. 
But I mean, he probably would have been killing it right now. That's what I'm but saying. It cost might be a little higher, but no. But I bring you that up to know. say that 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 guy they, when they went out of business, they had a similar like basically a liquidation sale and the beer and wine went like that, and they had all and it's one of those fucking grocery stores that had a bunch of weird cool shit. I remember being in college when Katrina came and they cut off a lot of the water routes. And yeah. so they dropped like 24 pack of beer was like $5. We're like, oh, it was what? less okay. than that. It was like, Here's- there was some that were like two bucks. The Natty, Natty Lights yeah. were like two bucks. And the good stuff was like three or four bucks. It was nuts. Yeah. Is the good stuff the uh, champagne of beers? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> the good, and the good stuff over here, you know, the Coors, a lot of the Coors of the world. Like a yeah. steel reserve or something? <laughs> Get a real nice steel reserve. God. Anyways, I did find, by the way, um, there's been another casualty in the inflation war. Ooh. My Chipotle burrito bowl today was $5 for double meat. It's like, oof. Five oof. Yes. for double meat. Wow. That's yeah. getting, that's getting, uh, they're getting, that's getting close. They're getting close, but let's, let's get back what on was top. That? Like, I hold, on, s- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So what was that, like a $16 bowl? It was right around there, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a. Thank God I had points to get the guac for free. If not, that would have been a. <laughs> Dude, fast food is turning into fucking restaurant food. It's getting really expensive. <laughs> they need to give oh. you like a napkin or something, or a uh, a place <laughs> place setting with some silverware when you go through there. A kiss or something. Yeah. Um, a mouth kiss or no, a cheek kiss? Cheek kiss. Okay. I think a cheek kiss from some of these big women in the drive-thru. Give me a cheek kiss. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do we got? Yeah. What do we Anyways, got? All right. So I, I want to start with where we left off last week. We were joking around that Nancy Pelosi's husband is the best stock trading. And, and actually, there's a lot of research that shows the stocks coming through the Pelosi family or the, excuse me, the, yeah, the, the Pelosi family. I guess it's, I don't know if he's trading it, if someone else is, but long story short, she, she bought NVIDIA and then they announced this massive chips deal, which kind of flew right through the House and Senate. So that's off to Biden's desk. Then fast forward to, I believe it was Tuesday, which was, I believe, the day before it went to Biden's desk. He sold everything. Mm-hmm. So he bought it. Everybody called him out. And then he sells the whole thing for a couple hundred thousand dollar loss. I don't know how this is not flagged for like some sort of like insider trade I, I mean yes you don't have company specific news but hey the government's gonna make the largest chips deal like you know tens of billions of dollars worth of infrastructure is going to go to all of these companies with the stroke of a pen that your wife controls i mean it's an, it's insane i'm trying to let you finish this without jumping in because this is like no i could spend bring the the entire in. i could literally spend the entire episode talking about it. it's just so absurd it's just so insane obviously she's not the most like, she's not the only person doing this. They're, they all do it. Republicans do it. Democrats do it. They all do it. It's been done for decades, decades, whatever. But she is probably the most egregious with it, right? I mean, it's like she came in and, I mean, she makes what, – what, what's, what's, what's the Speaker of the House make? Because they make more than just a, a normal – I think it's like 200. I'm going to guess like 250, but I'll, I I'll Google it while you're talking. Like 210,000 a year, maybe. Maybe two, two, 210, something like that. And – I can't 2.350. Boom, boom. There you go. Um, so her husband, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's a financial guy. But, you know, I'm sure he came in with a little bit of money, right? They're living in San Francisco. They were wealthy people when they got into politics, but they weren't that wealthy. And now they're worth a half a billion dollars. Hmm. Is that, is that questionable? Or no, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe not. There's a quarter billion there. They're worth like 
they're worth between 250 and 500 million, I believe is what it is. Um, but that's pretty, uh, pretty incredible, especially yep. when you think about all, like you said, all the information. And the best part about it was the, the, the interview where she's literally like, there's like a last minute question. And the guy that asks it, he was a little timid. He's like, well, uh, what, 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 what do you say to the uh, people that think that, you know, uh, there's some type of uh, nefarious things going on with uh, your husband. And, you know, ha have you ever uh, given any direct uh, information to your husband that he has acted upon for stock trading? She just literally said, what? What did what, what, she say? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that. There's that uh, <laughs> she literally just like, dumped. the best part was is like she swats the mic down. <laughs> so she can't even like mumble anything and fuck it up. She's like. Oh, no, 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 that's absurd. No, nope, that never happened. And then she just pushes the mic down and walks away instantly. Like, zero questions, zero, like, oh, that was just such a classic. And uh, there's there's a video about out there right now that's like, uh, remember that old Chappelle skit? Where it's like, oh, yeah, the, black, the, black, the black guy becomes president, and then it's like, they get him in the Oval Office, and they start, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> they start grilling him about a bunch of stuff. He's like, uh, okay, well, uh, I'm running. He like spills the water and runs out of the room. It's like, that's basically what Nancy Pelosi just did. He's like, ah, fuck, they, they're onto us. Yeah, they got us. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, this is one of those things that I know if the political party was reversed, oh, I mean, my if this God. something, if. If Don Jr. was doing this, they would murder Trump. But I don't know how this has skirted kind of under the radar for so long. And now, even though it's not under the radar, it's visible to everyone to see. I mean, it has to get reported every quarter. Someone just – there's even a Twitter handle that tracks – well, there's a Twitter handle that tracks every time she buys or sells something. Yep. And, again, it's – I don't know. This is one of those things that I think – I don't know what's going to take her to get out of office. I kind of think she'll get out of office, and then they'll never do anything with this. But Correct. As egregious as you could possibly be with this is kind of how we're seeing these trades be done. I mean, let them all park all their money in an index fund until they're out of office or something like that. But who knows? So, Jack, this bill is technically being – it started getting worked on. So the rumors of it, I think, were in 2019, but I don't think there was anything on paper until like start of 2020. Because they were trying to push this during Trump's – time in office and it didn't go anywhere obviously COVID hit and a lot of stuff kind of derailed that and then afterwards we all start realizing hey right we're running out of chips supply chain issues china has everything and we're kind of screwed here um so that's obviously the, the impetus of this and it makes sense and there's definitely valid reasons why we should have this but at the same time it's like the minute it's going like the the, the green lights are all there we know it's going to get approved it's like oh Mr. Pelosi's over here making some interesting trades. Buys it. Everybody starts bitching about it. They're like, oh, Mr. Pelosi's over here selling things, interestingly. It's like the most obvious things. Like, literally, he buys it right before it's about to pass, knowing that, like, all the hurdles are gone. It's greenlit. It's got the thumbs up. It's going to get rubber stamped and move forward. He buys it. Everybody finds out he buys it. Everybody's bitching. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Goes home and says, like, hey, man, you know, I think they – that one might have been a little over the line. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's, go. Let's jump those shares. He's like, all right, fine, Nancy. If, you're, if you insist, Nancy, if you insist. Calls up to his fucking guy. Damn it, Paul. <laughs> Damn it, Paul. Paul, Nancy, Paul Nancy's over here, a better stock trader than Warren Buffett. And he's yeah. literally, 
He's literally like, all right, we're going to dump these shares on uh, Friday then. Nobody will know. So they sell them all and he takes supposedly took a loss. Either way. Yeah. They probably need the loss. Our accountant's like, oh, it's probably a good time to do this anyways before you get crucified by this. But anyway. I think, but no, I think your point, your point's spot on. I think this is her last term. I think she leaves office and I think nothing ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Let's go to more current events, Mm. interest rates. Mm. So Powell came out earlier this week, announced another 75 basis points. Interest rates going back up. Market ripped. The NASDAQ was up over 4% on the day. S&P and and Dow both ended positive. But what are your thoughts on this this interest rate environment continuing to move higher? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a tricky situation. Uh, The 75 basis points at this point, especially when that nine handle came out, that nine one came out, it was, I believe, obvious to everybody that it had to at least be 75. Everybody was scared that it might've been a hundred. And that's where the sell-off prior to the rate hike went. Because then as soon as that 75 was announced, it just, like you said, it was a face ripper. Took all that. I mean, the NASDAQ was up just a little over 4%. Uh, I mean, but in the grand scheme of things, I think, you know, we're, we're raising interest rates into a slowing economy. So it's not good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of these, so, I mean, I, with inflation, it's spending, but there's some supply chain issues that if they could be resolved, if, you know, if we could put more effort and in, in resources into resolving those or improving those or making those, you know, less detrimental, I think that could also have a, a more immediate impact on, on getting that down. Um, uh, you know, there, there's, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's, there's other things that we can do about inflation than just raising rates. Um, and I think that going into a slowing economy is not the best thing. I got a thought for you on this. Mm-hmm. So ever since, and we'll, this is kind of our next topic of like, okay, did the market hit a bottom? <clears throat> As we got into the end, of, kind of middle of end of June, the market kind of got crazy. I mean, you're seeing like day after day of three, 4% drops. The two-year treasury rate, spiked at 3.45 it's now sitting closer to two nine ish so we've seen like a 25 mm-hmm. percent pullback in just interest rates i mean the, the the trend was still going up into the right and it looked like it was going to continue to do that but it's almost like the market the market moves ahead of what the fed does so the fed was saying they were going to do 75 base points the market was already there and they said yep. they're going to do another 75 it's already there the market's starting to trend lower. So I'm not sure if this is the market saying we actually start to see, you know, in most recessions in the past, the Fed just dropped interest rates down. You know, they have to be up so they can let them down to drop yep. interest rates, let people spend again. I need to probably see an update on their balance sheet. I don't think they've been selling assets into this market. I still think that's been on hold, but we'll get an update probably at the next Fed meeting. But I'm kind of wondering if the market's forecasting that maybe we're about at a normal rate where we're slowing the economy enough, we're not completely stalling it, but the rates coming down is starting to show me that, Hey, maybe there's not this fear that 1970s interest rates is knocking at the door. It might've been quick and painful, but it's not forecasting. It's going to continue higher. Yeah, that could be. Um, that you don't could, sound could, convinced. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced, yet, but it could be. <laughs> it's possible. Um, but I think what's more likely is we're going to have a, 
I think we're going to have, remember when 08 and 09 happened and it was like all that talk of the double dip recession in 2010. So it was like, mm-hmm. or it was like, yeah, because 009 was the, the bottom and finish of 08, 09, right? So 09. And then towards the end of 09, 2010, everybody was like, double dip recession, double dip recession. That was like the buzzword for a year. I think we actually see that this time. I think we, I mean, we're in a recession now, technically speaking. I think Q3 will finish negative as well. And so we'll, we'll, they'll eventually have to admit a, a real recession at some point. Uh, just, I mean, no, no, no. The Different entire year is negative GDP. The entire year is negative GDP. Well, it's mostly just because I've been cutting back government spending. And Look at the employment. The Look at the it's wage like, gains, Sean. Look at the wage gains. My favorite thing, I swear to God, is that like the the tweets and the the bragging about just you see how much I've cut the federal deficit. The annual spending is down dramatically. I'm like, you mean the crazy, overly done emergency COVID spending? You're like bragging about cutting back from that. You fixed your own problem. <laughs> I, like, I set the house on fire, but I put the fire out. Pretty badass, huh? Right? <laughs> Nuts, man. But it's like. You got the two year, like you said, it's sitting at like two eight, two nine, two eight eight, two nine. I mean, it's it's inverted, right? I mean, it's oh, it's definitely it's inverted, pretty damn. Yeah. It's pretty damn accurate, right? I mean, the ten years dropped precipitously in the last several days. We're sitting at the ten years at like two six, two six four. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big that's a big uh, delta there. I mean, you're talking about twenty two, twenty four basis points. Yeah. Between the two and the ten, and then you've got another. What we got another five, so we got thirty basis points between the the one year and the ten. I mean, it's it's getting closer where that three month is going to invert, and we're in there. Yeah, I. I but I think so. So what I think is going to happen is, you know, again, we're going to continue to see us slowly grind into an official recession. They'll stop. Maybe they'll they'll stop the pace of rates, hikes, whatever happens. And then we'll get some bounce back in the market. I don't know if it'll necessarily reverberate throughout the economy just yet because of inflation still there. Then that's not going to matter as much because at the end of the day, we're seventy we're we're seventy percent driven by the consumer, right? So if seventy percent of the economy is driven by the consumer, and you are crushing their leisure budget, right? So their leisure budget is what gets spent on all non-essential goods, right? So food, clothing, shelter. Those are your bare essentials. And if food, clothing, shelter just continue to get more expensive, rent is higher, mortgage rates are higher, which mortgage rates actually did come down with this most recent kind of bond pull off. But mortgage rates are still far higher than they were six months ago, 12 months ago, et cetera, right? So rent's higher, mortgage rates are higher, home prices are higher, food is higher, gas is higher, even though it's come down a little bit and everybody's really excited about it in the uh, Oval Office. It's still extraordinarily high. Historically speaking, and compared to where it was just six months ago, 12 months yep. ago, et cetera. So you take all of those pieces of data. I don't need anything else to tell you what's going to happen. 70% of the country's you know, GDP is driven by the consumer, and food, clothing, and shelter is all more expensive. They all have less money. They all are potentially in a rocky financial shape now. right? I think there's a lag in it because what we had was Better, I, I think there was some good behavior from the consumer and also just some subsidization from the government, right? Because COVID money and rent relief and, and mortgage relief. And so you had a lot of people save and pay down credit cards. So credit card debt was until within the last six months, was that like a kind of decade, multi-decade low? 
savings rates were at like a multi-decade high. And so there's kind of this little cushion that's been built in. And so I, that's why I say I don't think we've seen the real impact on the consumer spending side just yet because people are still, they've got a little extra spending on the cash side. And then once that cash runs through, we're going to do what Americans do. Break out that plastic, baby. Well, we might already be doing that. Amazon reported last night stocks up, what, 12% right now? So mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering if maybe the consumer spending is just shifting to a different thing. Like, I That's what I'm saying. Done, we haven't done a ton of traveling because depending on what country you're going to, you got to get prodded with something else. We're just joking <laughs> about going to Chicago and it's like you got to land with a COVID test to get into a conference. And it's like, well, I could do that or... You know, I might just fix up my house a little bit and maybe I'll buy another Sonos speaker. And you know, so mm-hmm. I think you're seeing the spending is still coming through the e-commerce channels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Amazon had good reports. Apple in their earnings announcement, which maybe what we'll do is we'll just drop this episode tomorrow or something or Monday. We'll just we're recording this on thir- uh, Friday. But the thinking of Apple's earnings, they don't even see any macroeconomic issues with a consumer. So you're still seeing them spend. It's just selective spending. Maybe you're getting killed in the airlines because there's no one flying and there's no people to fly the planes. Hotels still are short staffed. So you still have that kind of aftermath COVID, but it's almost like people are still spending like maniacs with the money they have. And we'll get Mm -hmm. back to normal levels. Like I think the savings rate got over I think it was over 15% on a national level, high. which is normally like high. three. So Not people even. got it money has, to it burn. Has been, it hasn't been three in a long time. But yeah, it's it's been it's generally like between zero and two percent. I mean it's it's very shit. It's not good. And yeah. we wait we, we uh, you know, we we used so it was three percent in 05, it was seven percent in eighteen, it went to seventeen percent. There you go. So it's high. But we're 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 sitting high. But like you said, no, no, I, th- I think that's what's happening now. And that's why the consumer side of like GDP calculations and the consumer side of what everybody's looking at hasn't been impacted as much or consumer spending side hasn't been impacted as much because they had that kind of savings buffer yep. and they pay down credit cards, right? So if you pull, pull up credit card debt levels, those are going up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is that like this transition that we're ha- that's happening right now is literally like, it's if inflation were to go away this year or like even early next year, like if it legitimately went away, I think we would be fine. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think it is stickier. I think it's going to take years and years for it to go away, frankly. And yep. because of that, that's what's going to make things bad is because, again, people are just going to eventually have to burn through that savings and then eventually use credit cards and eventually save. Yep. Save now we're back in our debt cycle. cycle. Now we're back in our debt cycle and we're in trouble. Yep. All right, next topic. I want to throw. It, uh, I'm going to read a headline to you, Sean. I'm going to watch your face as I read this because I like to see what you say. All right, Tom Lee Frunstrat says the 2022 bear market is over. Stocks will hit new highs before year end. puts a puts a price target on the S and P of 4,800. Buy, sell, or hold. I love Tom Lee. He cracks me up, man. Dragon. That guy's a perma bear or perma bull like none other, man. He is just the most optimistic guy. If you ever have like a bad day in the market or, or just like bad feelings, turn, listen to anything he says and you're like, eh, S&P's going to 10,000. I mean, he yep. is incredible. 
Uh, one more, no, for, you. One more for you is Ed Yardeni, who's another Wall Street kind of analyst researcher. Yep, yep. He said the market bottom is in was in uh, back in June. So it's kind of back when interest rates spiked. That's back when the market really hit the bottom. I think the Dow yeah. at the low point, let me just pull up my numbers. I think it was down close to, I think it hit 20. I think everyone went into bear market. No, Dow was 15. NASDAQ was, oh, I'm looking at it one year. Hold on. There we go. So 17 for the Dow, 31 for the NASDAQ, 23 for the S&P. He's calling that the bottom. So you got two pretty well-respected Wall Street people calling a bottom in June. They, they have yep. a decent track record, but, you know, again, yep. Yep. what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, for sure they do. Um, I mean, I would also add that Tom Lee's, the majority of his time in the limelight has been post-financial crisis. So he's a big tech guy, a big, you know, he's a big market guy, big tech guy. He was guy. a Tesla bull. And he's in, he was in the Cassie Woods. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's a, He's a Tesla bull. He's been an Apple bull. He's been an Amazon bull. Like he's a tech guy, and he's a you know a growth stock guy, and he's been right because the the stuff that he likes has killed it over the last twelve years because we had zero interest rate. I mean, there's a lot of things that are the reason why, but obviously zero interest rate policy and, and QE is is very beneficial in that environment for those types of markets. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think they could be right. I think there's there's the possibility they could be right, and we could see uh, a new all-time high or close to it. I think we could erase most of the losses and get maybe kind of towards a zero kind of year, um, or maybe slightly positive, negative, you know, plus plus or minus two percent. If this rally like really starts to build momentum and we get some good, um, let's say we get the next uh, inflation reading comes back and starts to trickle down a little bit, right? So we get some. We get some positive feedback data from inflation, which gives the Fed more comfort to say, hey, the next rate increase is 50 basis points. Um, and then the elections come up in November. So there's, there are a lot of, I think, positive catalysts that could really drive a, uh, a, a nice second half of the year. But again, if inflation's really not kicked, then it's all temporary because that's yeah. when I think, again, it's just, hey, we're going to rally to the end of the year into Q4. And we'll get some, you know, potentially troublesome data afterwards. And then we see a massive sell-off again. If inflation's really not, you know, doing anything at that point, we're going to really see what the demand looks like for housing, right? Because then we're going to have a more sustained period with much higher interest rates. So how, like, how firm are these home prices? How impactful are these rate increases, right? Yeah. What does that mean over a longer period of time? I don't think it's going to be good. Um, and I think that's why I was saying earlier about the double dip recession. I could see us rallying and being fine, everybody calling it over, kind of circling the uh, the wagons here. And then next thing you know, Q1 or maybe early Q2 of next year, we have a cascading event that sends us into a second recession. So I'm going to throw some opinions on this. I don't believe the market has bottomed. I do believe there are sectors and probably subsectors that have bottomed and peaked. And I think one of them is if you go back and just look at every sector of the S&P just on a year-to-date chart, oil got, well, basically every other sector just got murdered up until June. And there was a point where between the S&P return and the energy sector return was 80% difference, which is kind of absurd. So I kind of think people over priced in all the growth from energy real fast. And I think that might've stalled out back in June. 
I do think okay. some of the very high beta tech, so a lot of the stuff Kathy Wood's chasing has yep. probably bottomed. If not, it's gotten pretty close. But Kathy there's Wood still a lot of stuff. What, what was that? Kathy Wood, Sean Money Penny. Yeah, Sean Money Penny, same period. We just got back from our conference. That's probably <laughs> what that tank top's for. Um, yeah. No, but... I, I guess going back to it, I, I think looking at a lot of these different sectors, there's areas of the market that when people get scared in a recession, they want to buy the big stable companies. You know, they sell, yep. maybe they sell their Tesla, they sell their Shopify, they sell these Zoom mm -hmm. stocks and they start gravitating back to what they know. Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson. I was talking to someone the other day, T-Mobile. A lot of the cell carriers actually look pretty decent, but yep, Verizon. Yep, yep. They're, they're holding up more than than the market, but what happens is the more those prices go, if these companies aren't growing their revenue base, they're just getting more overvalued. It's the same thing that happened to tech in 2020 and 2021. The multiples just got so overvalued that yep. it had to contract. So I almost think we might have over allocated into value. And now you're seeing multiples, even like, I think it's Costco has like an earnings multiple of like 40 times earnings, which which is high. Walmart was in the thirties and they just got killed in, in earnings. Yeah. So I do think it's probably too early to say, Hey, we're out of the woods and it's straight up from here. There's maybe some sectors that you could find that, but yep. it, it's probably not out of the wood yet. Cause I think the big unknown is yes, the feds raising rates and the market seems to be okay with that. But if they start selling and you have a, a massive amount of inflows to the, the market on the sell side, I don't know how that's going to, mm -hmm. The market's going to react to that, so I'm I'm, I'm a questionable person in that circumstance. Yeah. If that happens, if the balance sheet starts reducing, what does the market do? Yeah, they. Um, no, I think I think you hit a lot of really good points here. Um, when things bounce back, it generally bounces back. Whatever falls furthest bounces first, right? So, crypto bounced first, or it bounced at the same time as tech because they're they both are moving in the same direction, but crypto is bouncing harder, right? So. Bitcoin's up 20% in the last, whatever, 10 days. And NASDAQ's up like 10% in the last 10 days, something like that. And then uh, and then obviously it trickles in the S&P and just kind of like the, if you're looking at broader uh, segments of the market, but definitely within the sectors, uh, absolutely. 100% agree with you. Energy's been overbought. Um, I think what's more funny, it's more funny to us because obviously we're in the industry, but You've, we've heard value for so long, the rotation, the rotation, the rotation, and it's like the rotation comes and it lasts for six months, and it's like, oh, value's <laughs> overvalued. <laughs> value's overvalued, so I'm sell that shit. <laughs> I mean, it is wild. It I literally mean, took 12 years for them to get a, like, a spotlight because they've been getting crushed for so long. And then next thing you know, value gets six months in the sun. They're like, nope, get back in your cage. Get yeah. back in your cage, Procter & Gamble. We don't want you in this portfolio. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's something to at least look at is a lot of these, a lot of these companies have really seen some growth on their multiples without seeing really the growth come through the, the, the revenue, the earnings, the whole nine yards. So a lot of it tends to be investors are just bidding up the stock prices. And so they bid up the value because yeah. they want it to be safe. But yeah. You know, there's still some value in the energy space from like a valuation standpoint, but the problem with those companies is it's not consistent revenue. Like you'll see Chevron, it's like has 120% growth in its revenue, but the prior three years it was losing 50% each year. So it's it's kind of all over the place. I think it's something to watch, but I do think there's sections that have probably bottomed at this point and they're probably safe 
to enter, especially if you have a longer term time horizon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a, a really good example, but I mean, basically what you're saying is it, it, within certain sectors, it's like when things get sold off, the emotions really take hold of the average investor so, so much that like they lose all logic to where it's like, okay, this thing may be overvalued, but it's not overvalued that much, right? So or they sell off tech to where it just gets so beaten up and then they just rush in to something else, right? And they just buy that and bid that price up, what like what they're doing in energy. I mean some of the Bitcoin miners were basically priced like Bitcoin was going out, like going to zero and these things were all going out of business. And next, you know, they went like several of them are up over a hundred percent in, you know, just the last few days since, yeah. or not a few days, I guess the last couple of weeks since uh, the inflation data and, and GDP data and the Fed came out. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Pretty interesting. Throw stuff. A last topic at you. This is more of just yep. uh, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I think it'd be interesting if we just throw a bet on this. But All right. there's a lot of M&A deals we've talked about over the last couple of months. Elon buying Twitter, which doesn't seem like it's going anywhere because it's ended up in court. But the ah, big one slightly. and I've actually seen a couple like Warren Buffett bought Activision Blizzard after the news was announced that Microsoft is acquiring them. So I think it's like ninety five dollars a share. Mm -hmm. Stock's trading at like seventy nine ninety nine right now, but do you think this deal goes through? I mean, this is a massive acquisition. I know Microsoft bought LinkedIn a couple of years back for twenty something billion. People thought that was absurd. Yep. LinkedIn's actually been a pretty strong growth business segment for them. Yep, Activision Blizzard, almost a sixty five seventy billion dollar acquisition. This is their push to the metaverse type thing. Like, hey, let's use this 100%. platform. Video games. Do you think this is actually going to go through, though? Or do you think this is going to get so caught up in regulation that this doesn't go through, let's say, this year? Do we think it's going to be done in 2022? No. It will not be done this year. But I think it will be done. I think it will be done. I think you'll see a friendlier Congress after November. And I think you will see less uh, heat from regulators. And it'll just I – think, I think it will go through 23 – Sometime. But yep. yeah, I mean, I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it's a great acquisition. I think, you know, they've, they've got great brands out there, Activision Blizzard. And, I mean, gaming is just going to continue to grow. And, and just, it's, a, it's a massive area that's just getting bigger and bigger. I mean, it's the metaverse, it's gaming, it's all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And I don't see, I, I mean, again, other than the fact that just Microsoft is just so big and this just makes them even bigger, other than that, um, you know, the anti-competitive type of uh, arguments, I don't know if they make a whole lot of sense because the barriers to entry for gaming and all that kind of stuff, it's just really not, it's not the same as other sectors and other areas. Like you can't really box developers out, right? If you get yeah. a bunch of really smart, creative guys that get, get together and come up with a game that everybody likes, I mean, Fortnite came out of nowhere, and that game is owned by Epic Games, and it's still one of the top games out there. I mean, Activision Blizzard, I'm a gamer. I play games. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that. but Come on, gamer. Jump in. I know. Well, yeah. Let me put on the table for a minute, Sean. But mm -hmm. I think this is, this is a, a, an, inter an interesting thing. Even in the crypto space, there's a lot of companies trying to just – the metaverse might not make a lot of sense for you know running an accounting firm or something like that. It makes a lot of sense for – the gaming industry. And so there's a lot of companies there that are just trying to bootstrap and find a game. Amazon has a studio. Google's getting into this. 
Microsoft has the Xbox unit. They're just trying to beef it up. Maybe Sony complains about this, but I bet if this goes through, you're going to see Sony go after someone like an EA or Take-Two and try to kind of build their war chest of content. So I I, I think some, this will probably go through. I agree. I think this is going to be one of those long, drawn-out processes. Obviously, Microsoft has the cash to cover this, so it's not too big of a worry, but... Yeah, interesting to watch. Any final thoughts, Sean? All right. Well, on that, if there's no follow-up thoughts, no questions, cheers, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see everyone next week. Jack and Sean work for Sench Advisory Group a registered investment advisory firm. All discussions between Jack and Sean or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Senge Advisory Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Senge Advisory Group may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.